Well, welcome to Q&A. We are doing a follow-up session to Sunday because we had some great questions that we didn't have an opportunity to get to. So uh, joining us again today is Doug and James Purser, one of our elders. And so we're really excited for the opportunity to be able to follow up with additional questions because we appreciate all these questions. Um, so one of the questions that we didn't have a chance to get to, um, they've said, I've identified myself as or sorry, I've identified in myself a horrible pride in being an objectively good worker using the 12 attributes model um, and a wretched feeling superiority to those in my workplace who are not the same. And they mentioned some are Christ followers, some not. Um, I even hate the pride in this question, but I tend to look down on those who don't abide by these 12 attributes in the workplace. I know how it's not my role to change them, but I want to change my attitude. Can you speak to this or any advice for working through this? I appreciated that question a lot because I thought it reflected an honest acknowledgement of some, you know, pride is ugly to the Lord. And I appreciated that recognition in the, in the heart. And I thought when I read that question, I'm sure, because I know James, that you were a good worker, that maybe you didn't have that exact list that you were working off of, but I was confident that you were that type of worker for your boss, and I was confident that you had people around you who uh, weren't that type of worker, and it'd be impossible to notice, not to notice. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what... If you can recollect or go, yeah, I remember thinking some of those exact same things. Maybe you didn't wrestle with pride, but maybe you noticed, hey, I'm working harder and they're not, or I'm doing my job and they're not. So yeah. how do you deal with that? Um, it's a great question. And I think that, um, you know, first of all, I saw, heard the statement that I want to change my attitude. Right. So that that's the yeah. the first step is wanting to change. So I'm encouraged by that in the question. Um, when I was working, and I, I kind of alluded to this in the Q and A last Sunday, um, it's so easy to get caught up in those people around you, and I think pride focuses on self. And I was, you know, it's easy to start thinking about. I'm doing something and others aren't doing it, and I'm, I'm beginning to be judgmental, mm-hmm. beginning to become judgmental and, and competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, almost that it really um, uh, exacerbates that competitive spirit that it, it can be healthy at times, but it can also yeah. be destructive. So to me, the key is to stop focusing on self and focus on others. And what, and what God is doing as well, and what he would have me do in order to be pleasing. To him. What does he say to me so that, you know, in, in the way of a commandment, that I can be obedient and be pleasing to him? That really is my primary goal at work or in my life, wherever I am. So I want to think biblically. I want to think about, Lord, what would be pleasing to you in this interaction, in this work day, in this situation, this problem. And it's not looking down upon others and judging them. It is 
you know, thinking through me being obedient. And one, one way that I'm obedient is consider others over myself. You know, deny, deny self, become focused upon what the Lord would have me focused upon. So it is a, a mental process and a conditioning of my thinking that would focus upon what the Lord wants me to do. And therefore, that begins to change me over time, change my motives, change my outlook. And like I said, Sonny, when I'm not being competitive at work and constantly looking at what others are doing versus what I'm doing, it takes a weight off my shoulders. And I'm just seeking to please God, and that is my primary focus, and it makes things fall into place for me um, versus always being concerned about how am I comparing to other people. Yeah, because competition is ultimately in the comparison. Yes. And so I I know when I read the question, I thought, hmm, well, my first thought was the Scripture says directly, those who compare themselves among themselves— are not wise. And so I think you gave a good word there that goes, recognize that, that, that it's in comparison that you are um, setting yourself up for judgment. Second thought I had was uh, first Corinthians four, seven, I think, um, what do you have? that you have not received. And if you've received it, why do you act like you haven't? So, you know, we think, no, I am doing, I am working at my job hard. Well, ultimately, only because the Lord gave you strength to be able to work at your job well. No, I do a really good job. Only because the Lord gave you a good mind to be able to do your job. So I think in the, I appreciated, think about them without comparing myself to them, but then think about myself and recognize the arrogance here is beginning to take credit for really what the Lord should get credit for. If he gave me a good mind, if he gave me a strong body, if he gave me good relational skills, all of us can work at developing those things. But let's just acknowledge that we even have them are from the Lord and the capacity to develop them are from the Lord. So if I can keep going back and going, that's grace in my life. That's God's grace in my life. God's grace in my life. Uh, I think that'll help with the uh, because I've elevated myself. And so I need to not elevate myself. And I think I reduce how highly I'm thinking of myself by putting the emphasis back on the Lord. Right. Because ultimately God will exalt us yeah. as we're humble. Yes. And that's who we want to be, mm-hmm. receive that exaltation from. So keep, keep yeah. going. Um, <clears throat> so we not only label the gifts of God as grace, I think we recognize some patience, yeah. the patient grace of God in our lives as well. It may be that uh, maybe you've been a great worker, the person who's a great worker their entire life, but maybe not. Maybe you are a little further down the road than others are. And so, uh, again, you can say, Lord, thanks for growing me. Mm -hmm. And let me be patient with others as you are growing them. 
Yeah. So I think there's some grace given in that as right. well. I think just a couple of practical things to think about as you transition from pride to humility would be, you know, pray every morning. Lord, I want to be pleasing to you today. Remember the language of our faith is Thanksgiving. Yeah. And as we're thankful, it it neutralizes a lot of mm. prideful thinking. Yeah. So you can be thankful multiple points during the day. And helps that helps in that transition from self to others. So um and throughout the day, think about what how am I pleasing God in this interaction? In this 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 thought that I'm having and this decision that I need to make. Just let that become the grid that you think about things through. And I think that'll help make that transition from pride to humility. Yeah. It'll be pleasing to the Lord. Right. And he says he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And so right. as you seek to produce uh, to reflect humility, I think the Lord gives grace in that Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Great encouragement. And and with time, those practices they'll become second nature if you right. you will like to to start your day with prayer and humbling yourself in those situations and almost coming to the point where you say, I'm grateful for this coworker who's a real challenge for me. Yeah. Um, but to have gratitude that the Lord has put them in your life. Right. So can we put you on the spot, Tracy? Sure. Um, Sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've worked at the chapel for how long now? A little over a year. A little over a year. So she came from what we would tend to think of as a secular job, though we don't really believe in that division, but she didn't always work within the church. So <clears throat> we wouldn't have hired you if we, you didn't, we didn't think you were a, like a, a high-capacity, outstanding performer. So um, kind of I want to ask you the same thing that I just asked James. As You were good at your job. I'm sure you worked it around people who didn't always model those 12 attributes Anything that you, looking back, went, here's how I tried to, in James' words, cultivate humility and deal with pride in that? I know that was definitely a struggle um, and in some respects and in some relationships. I, I remember one thing I would try to do, and I remember this from the CDT training, is what can I control in this situation? So hmm. in those difficult relationships, I can control myself. I can control my heart and my thoughts. I can't control how they respond or behave to something. So. Um, what is it in my heart that needs to change that self-evaluation? Um, and I failed miserably at it many days where I just didn't, I was not serving the Lord. You know, I was not humbling myself and I was allowing that frustration to overcome. Um, but that was my, my desire and what I was working towards was to be able to take that focus off of what I couldn't control. Yeah. And then focus back up on my identity in the Lord. Like um, the verse that we had sent out the other day, Psalms nineteen fourteen. Uh, may the meditations of my mouth or the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, my the Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I mean, that was in my car in the morning before I stepped out to walk out of the parking garage. Yeah. Like that's what I was trying yeah. to meditate on and pray um, through. And the Lord was gracious to forgive when I when I failed. Um, and then there was also great blessings that came from opportunities of conversation yeah. or strength in relationships. Um, so yeah, that, that was one thing that I remember just trying to think about. I can't 
change them or control them, even though I love to change a situation. Yeah. So yeah. there's no need to spend the energy in that. But what can I change in myself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Just to kind of big picture again. Sorry. If I, no, no, go ahead. Uh, the big picture. I, uh, I appreciate anybody who's watching, listening, who's doing a great job at work. And the desire to do that as unto the Lord and not with a prideful heart. Because really, a great worker who's prideful, uh, that kind of ruins the meal. Pride will ruin the meal. Mm -hmm. Because nobody wants to, even if somebody's high competency and they're arrogant, I'd take a little less competency with humility. Absolutely. (laughs) absolutely. What you you really want to be able to do is lay your head down at night at the end of the day and say, Lord, I did my job unto you today. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you can sleep well mm-hmm. and joyfully. Yeah. And I reflected you. Yeah. I mean, you think about Jesus who wrapped in human, God wrapped in human flesh, the amount of opportunity who had to be frustrated with incompetence and irresponsibility Absolutely. and laziness and lack of faith. I mean, here he is living every moment of every day in every context by faith. Right. And around a bunch of turkeys like us who are not living by faith and are worried. And so imagine uh, how he could have felt and what he, what he says. One of the, his self-descriptions is he's humble in heart. Yeah. So I think he definitely recognized, I only do what I do by the power of the life of the Father in me. So I just keep coming back to that. If I understand grace... And I really believe in grace. That will wash away my pride. Right. Pride's probably a reflection of uh, a lack of believing that the good in my life really is a gift of grace. I yeah. can somehow put in my name on it. And I think it can good. be challenging in some corporate settings where, um, I don't know if this is going to sound right, but pride can be encouraged. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. so when it's competitive nature it's climb the ladder. It's you need to take control. You need to behave in this way. You need to dominate the situation. It's encouraged to behave yeah. that way. And it can be difficult to identify that. Right. And so I, I remember moments of walking into a meeting, like, Lord, help me to show you, like, I am already struggling to love, like walk before I walk mm-hmm. into this. And so, um, as you were talking about that mm-hmm. constant, um, reminder to, pray and to come back to our identity and the grace that we've been extended because it's, it's going against sometimes what's encouraged in the work environment that we're in. It is. Sometimes you just need to get alone and remember who you are. Yes. Mm -hmm. Remember your identity and then go back. But it is a challenge in the workplace. When you said they encourage pride, it reminds me of that old commercial, never let them see you sweat as if uh, things Mm -hmm. are never hard for you. but. Uh, even people who do a good job make mistakes. Pride doesn't want to admit mistakes. Pride doesn't want to admit I did wrong. And those are some of the things that actually are true in our lives. We do things wrong. We make yes. mistakes. And I think we cultivate actually humility when we're not covering those things up. I appreciated uh, Jackie waitressing yesterday said, I went and grabbed a plate of food from the kitchen and I grabbed it real quick and the food went right off. And so the cook was like, ah, and had to start again. Mm -hmm. 
And what she told me was, I walked directly out to the table and said, uh, the cook's, you know, behind and running slow. No, that's not what she said. <laughs> but I bet you that's what lots of waiters or waitresses would have said. Right. She went right, right out to the table and said, hey, I just dropped your whole plate of food. We're having to start again. I'm sorry to make you wait. And I was like, see, that is that is awesome, babe. That's right, just exactly. Uh, I think everybody knows, oh, yeah, people drop food. It's when we cover up that yeah. we mess things up. Really so messy. I just think that's another practical expression of cultivating mm -hmm. humility. You might be minimizing your mistakes and maximizing theirs or minimizing your shortcomings and maximizing theirs. And that's why you get that inequity of uh, I have a ugly superiority of my thinking. So maybe I that's a, that might be a that good one to you. example that just makes us distinct in the workplace yes. as believers right. right? where God has given us this platform and opportunity and others say, she's different. Right. There's something different about mm -hmm. her. I want to get to know her a little bit more and talk to her. Right. So yeah. great opportunity. I remember yep. being told, don't apologize. It shows weakness. And I was like, um, not true. I'm apologizing. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, right. Yeah, it's, apologizing it's shows humility yes. and humility is strength. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. Uh, well, next question here. How do you be a good worker or husband or wife without being taken advantage of? So it came out of the worker, but it's going back mm -hmm. to the husband and wife. Uh, if, if I do a good job, do those 12 things, people might take advantage of me. Mm -hmm. Ever felt taken yeah. advantage of? Sure. No. And, and they might take advantage of you. If you do those things, <clears throat> but I think, you know, our trust is in the Lord and we're counting on him to take care of us. Okay. So I think that's, I mean, I, I don't think, think you totally are oblivious to it, but I don't think you focus on that. That's not what we're there to do. If you, if you feel like that you're, you may be taken advantage of constantly. You're going to have defenses up. You're going to have yeah. um, things going on that that may not uh, serve you well in the workplace yeah. or at home. So, you know, there's a there's a book that I read, um, Trusting God, that you know God is sovereign. He's infinitely infinitely wise. He's perfect in love. So believing those things about him, we can trust in him and all of his other attributes as well yeah. come into play. But we can trust in him to um, take care of us. And I think that's where our heart and mind should be in that regard. When you were answering, I thought about First um, Peter 2, where it talks about Jesus being taken advantage of, if you will, falsely accused on the cross, insults hurled at him. Yeah. He didn't deserve any of it. And it says he took it without uh, returning, kind for kind, which is, would be the temptation. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to take advantage of me, I'm going to take advantage of you, or I'm not going to live in a manner that gives you an opportunity to take advantage of me. Jesus lived in a way that gave an opportunity for him to be taken advantage of. When he was, he didn't return like kind. He mm -hmm. said, I trust myself. I entrusted, he entrusted himself 
to uh, him who judges righteously. See, that That's really good. Yeah. Him who judges righteously. I think I want to be the judge until I realize I would not judge righteously. Right. There's plenty oh, wow. of times I'm really glad that it's the Lord who's doing the one who will be do the judging because uh, I would not judge righteously. Right. And so I would be careful. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I, I'd be careful of thinking, uh, you know, I'm always getting taken advantage of. I'm always getting the short end of this stick. You might not. Maybe you are. And if you are, entrust yourself to the one who judges righteously. Or maybe you're not being taken advantage of as much as you think you are Mm -hmm. because of your inability to judge righteously. So that that could be be true. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really about um, just putting your confidence in the Lord and um, relying upon him to get you through situations and not be concerned about, overly concerned, put it that way, about Others taking advantage of you. Yeah, there's a certain vulnerability. I understand, but um, sometimes that can serve us well. Also, I mean, in terms of we want to be transparent to a degree. We want to let others see the light of Christ in you, and not be defensive, not be focused on other things all the time that can pull you away from that witness. Just trying to think of a time did I when I felt like. Have I been taken advantage of? And since, you know, pastor is a real <coughs> job, I had to think of. We back with that. That's not yeah, true, right? Corrected. That's a real job. <laughs> uh, I actually thought before, while I was in college, I worked for a concrete company. And I remember thinking good preparation for ministry would be to say, I'm going to work as hard as I can each day, all day for the concrete company uh, as if I, as if it was for the Lord, which is, of course, what it is, for the Lord. Right. But <clears throat> when they're very long that summer until they were, the other guys on the crew were like, you need to slow it down. Yeah, I know dude. exactly you, where you were going. Yeah, you, need, you are making us look bad. We got to make this work last for the paycheck reason and... The pace at which you're working is just making us look bad. Yeah. And, and so I felt, felt a little bit caught of, well, you know, I don't want to be that guy to them, but I do want to be that guy to the boss. And I especially want to be that guy to the Lord in terms of work at heart. And so I tried to keep up the pace and recognize that they're like, well, <clears throat> we can slow this down by just doing even less and letting him do more. Mm-hmm. And we'll make the same amount and have a new work less. So I remember thinking, I'm getting taken advantage of. But I drove to the job every morning and drove home from the job with that simple prayer. Lord, I want to do this as unto you and learn to work hard, whether I feel like it's spiritual ministry or not. Right. So right. Yeah. that was kind of the thought I had back at How did work out? Uh I went back to school at the end of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that worked out. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. If you're tired of going to college, go get a concrete job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't say that you would never have a conversation if you felt strongly that way. Uh-huh. 
I want, I'm just saying don't overly focus. Yeah. And let it become right. so um, important to you that you lose the joy of yeah. working unto the Lord. Yeah, I can tell you at age 20, I never, I would have never thought once about having a conversation. Right. I would have either kept working and let them deal with it, or I would have just went, okay, I'll, I'll adapt to the yeah. water temperature me around me. In that, at that age, yeah. I would be the same way. Yeah. But as you get older and, right. you, you know, you, and in different environments, sometimes you have, maybe have different opportunities yeah. to have those. Yeah, it's a good, com- good, good point. And having conversations can be very difficult, but it can be done with kindness and honesty. Um, yeah. Because you can, it's a slippery slope to start hitting the track of complaining. Yeah. Yes. And then bitterness. And sometimes you might feel that the boss is taking advantage of you, and that's where the mm-hmm. having a conversation at the right time comes in. And I yes. always hesitate to recommend that, but, you know, when things are calm, you have an opportunity to talk the right time. Not in anger. Not in anger. <laughs> Never get loud with the, with the bosses, you know, mm-hmm. my, my own recommendation. But I would say pick and choose your time, and maybe there's an opportunity for a conversation after prayer, and mm-hmm. you're still trusting in God. And, but it could be, could be an opportunity. So, so since you're my boss, maybe can we have a conversation? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right to All right, Tracy, you know, I'm going to ask you and you don't have to make anything up. But as you think back to, again, your previous work or you this current, you ever feel like you get taken advantage of and had to um, wrestle with that? It, uh, in the past, yes. In the sense that I could multitask or get things done very effectively. Other things were handed to me to take right. care of. And I don't say that boastfully, um, but were someone else's job description mm. in those situations. And so it was tricky yeah. to, to balance that. I mean, yeah. I will say when it comes to the point where you can't do your regular work, that kind of opens up a door for a conversation. Like if you're not able to accomplish it at all, I can't do my job um, because I'm doing theirs. There, yeah. Cause I'm doing uh, theirs. <laughs> Um, but it can be tricky because you start to feel like, well, if you're going to push me and put that pressure on me, why aren't you pushing them? Mm-hmm. It's kind of how it feels like that inequity. And so then it, it, it can get to the point very quickly of real frustration. Yes. And so it's, it's really bringing that back to a humble heart. Say, okay, well, with whatever I'm handed, the Lord can help me accomplish this. Like I'm going to do so with a joyful attitude and it's not easy, but I, I do remember those situations. It wasn't, it wasn't easy. And for me, I think there, there was a heart battle yeah. of frustration there. Sure. Thanks. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Hope it's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are the questions uh, that we had remaining. And so I really appreciate uh, the time today to be able to come back and answer yeah. these questions. Anything else you guys would add before we wrap up? No, I just think there were great questions. Appreciate the opportunity to address those. Yeah. And the heart to please the Lord behind the questions. That's very much appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. Hope you guys have a blessed and encouraged week.